Hello, and welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. Join us and some very special guests as we dive in together, open our hearts, and get real to discuss what we've been thinking about. Hey, this is Barry. We're back with what we're thinking about. I got my friends Linda and Kay here with me. Good morning. Good hey, Barry. morning. And uh, today we're talking about laughter, which is one of my favorite things, how laughter affects our souls and how laughter affects our cells. And I think it's I think it's good. There's been a lot of research done on this over the years. I know that I call this uh, the Groucho Marx School of Research, <laughs> you know, that uh, it's good for us mm-hmm. to laugh and not take ourselves so seriously. And I know uh, a lot of times you're working with people who have serious stuff going on and you're trying to get them to lighten up. So uh, what's the basic idea of uh, why laughter helps us? Why is it? There are so many answers to that question, but I think that laughter helps us because it um, addresses the stress response. And so what we see in the healing ministry is that about 80% of all illnesses have a connection to stress. Yeah. And I know you talk a lot about the stress that comes from work. And I remember back in the day, we would ask people, how are you doing? Fine. And now you say to someone, how are you doing? Busy. Mm-hmm. And that's their most frequent comeback that I hear. And so people are stressed out, especially people with kids and schools and jobs and all of that. So taking time for laughter, and sometimes it has to be taking the time. It has to involve a little bit of effort sometimes to get enough humor in your life. But when you do that, it benefits you on the cellular and the cellular level. Cool. It's like having a clenched fist and then you laugh and it releases. And so what that does is flood your body with the good hormones of release, of letting tension go. Your organs get a little bit of a workout from the physicality of laughing and it benefits you mind, body, and spirit. Okay. And that's fun. Great. Great. So how do you, how do you get your groups going? How do, how do you get your groups going and get them laughing? Well, let me, let me say one other thing that it does for your body that is really important, and that is that it takes breath. And so breath is really, in some ways, the first, the first go-to if you want to support your own healing. And so when you laugh, it, it, you just have to take more breath. And so it fills the body up with the breath, and that, that is already that's the first thing that can happen that downplays the stress. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, Linda and I don't plan stuff like jokes or anything like that. We, this particular support group, um, honestly, they bring it in themselves Mm -hmm. and they kid each other. And sometimes we have to say, okay, okay, everybody, we're going to pray now. And, (laughs) you know, calm down. Okay. I'm going to mute you all. That's really perfect. It's one of the best things about zoom when you're the leader you can put the mute button on. Yeah. They, I don't care what they're doing anymore now. Like, nobody can hear them. That's a great feature. So, yeah, so it works. Um, so we it really, it, it, that part of it is organic. However, we did, but neither Linda nor I are experts in this, but we did bring somebody into the group a couple of weeks ago who actually does teach something they call laughter yoga. Now, does that mean that they do yoga with laughter? Yes, it really does. And so... What um, this wonderful lady, Alice, was teaching us was that you get all the benefits of yoga and all the benefits you get from laughing combined. 
And so as in yoga, we know there's a lot of proper breathing and practice of, of the breath. And then she led us through nonsensical things like clapping and then laughing or expelling all your air and then laughing. And it's infectious. So pretty soon everyone in the group is laughing. And that's one of the other key benefits is that laughter binds people together. Mm -hmm. And it's a commonality of we all think that was funny. And so again, it addresses any sense of separation because in the oneness, um, you're laughing together, you're supporting each other, you're sharing something. It means you're having meaning and mattering, you know, to one another, which I find so important. Yeah. And I think too, you know, just groups that I've been in and teaching classes and stuff, if you can get people to laugh, you can get them to go deeper too. And mm -hmm. I think that it just kind of opens up our whole framework that then we're willing to go deep because there's stuff going on with mm -hmm. all of us. And uh, in a group, it's a great opportunity to share, but I think laughter really breaks the ice and humanizes us so that we have that opportunity to go deeper without being afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Like it's this big darkness that we can't go to. And I think, I think laughter helps us with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now you're naturally funny. Well, it's a, it's a condition, you know, and I deal with it. I deal, but I go to a group, you know, it helps with that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Some people are not naturally funny and we will hear this feedback from time to time that people say, well, I, I am more somber or I have a more serious personality, but I would like to lighten up. Mm -hmm. So what would you suggest for people who want to lighten up? Well, I think you got to look at what, what are the things that you find funny? You know, mm -hmm. what, what makes you laugh? What are things that you make that, that it kind of loosen you up and make you laugh and, and do more of that? You know, there's a lot of things that we do because we, because we have so much media and entertainment that people watch things that are funny, but life itself is funny. And I think that that's the thing about the group. If we can laugh at each other and laugh at ourselves, I think that's the best part of it. Right, that we don't have to be entertained from the outside. That uh, we're funny, folks. We are. <laughs> Life is funny, uh, and and the spiritual context. We always say that you know God has a sense of humor. She does, and it's and it's obvious uh, with just the way that we were created that God has a sense of humor. And so I think that when you get into a group, just having the opportunity for people to to loosen up, I think is great because. We carry the the anxiety, the tension of our diagnoses or what's wrong with us. We have a tendency to focus on what's wrong with us and go in that direction. So, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's a podcast called Cancer is No Laughing Matter, mm -hmm. and it's hilarious. And I think that, you know, flies in the face of most people thinking, well, that's a life sentence when you have the cancer word applied to you. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, even within that serious of a situation, there can be moments of great upliftedness and great hilarity. I remember I was done with chemo, but I wasn't much past it. And my grandson went to Sunday school here. And afterwards, he came out and he said, Grand, did you know this? People are just God with skin on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm still laughing as years <laughs> later, but I just think it is everywhere if we're willing to see it. And so what Kay and I sometimes do for people who say, well, 
I'm a serious person, we say, well, don't be. Find things that you think are funny, which is to your point. And there are a lot online. I mean, I ask Alexa for joke of the day. Don't don't you guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's usually a knock-knock kid joke, but it's still funny. I watch America's Funniest Home Videos because it cracks me up. And I, I know that there are short-term benefits to laughter in the moment. I'm oxygenating oxygenating myself, like Kay said. But even 45 minutes later, I know scientifically there's a benefit from laughter because I'm still circulating endorphins. Yeah. So it's good short-term and long-term. Well, I remember when uh, Bernie Siegel came here, and, and he came here with his wife, and he wrote that book, What to Do Between Office Visits, and he talked a lot about cancer and recovery and all that. And before he gave his talk, his wife would get up and do 15 minutes to just stand up with these old time jokes, you know. And at first you're like, oh my God. But then, you know, everybody just starts laughing, right? And she just keeps, she just keeps rolling. She just keeps rolling. And the whole place is laughing. And we're, and everybody that's in there has a serious diagnosis. But then then he gets up and talks, right? Uh And and it's like, okay, now we can talk about that. And I thought that, I thought that was great because it just, let's not take ourselves so seriously. You guys are really taking the charge off of those words and off those diagnoses so people can have the opportunity to breathe and heal. Mm-hmm. Kay, do you remember the time we were having a healing class in the little sanctuary and people were laughing about something and a church employee opened the door <laughs> because he heard the laughter and he said, I thought this was the group for the sick people. <laughs> and then he closed the door and walked away. It was Greg Moss, but it was hilarious. He couldn't believe we were in there cracking up, but we were because it's helpful. Yeah. 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 You know, there's a couple things that that I want to share. One is a personal example of of just a craziness that I did when I was going through my uh, cancer thing. I have a friend who actually collects puns, collects jokes. Sometimes they're just awful, and but she is not afraid to bring it out no matter any time or place, she's, she'll she'll have something to say. Uh, she told me one I could use in this podcast, and I read it over, and I thought, I don't, I don't think I can use this one. This is not a good one. But anyway, she gave me a whole series of books, Stephanie Plum, uh, murder murder mystery thingamajigs. The woman is a bail bail bondsman in New Jersey. I mean, you can just imagine. It's just a crazy. Her, she has her roommate is is a hamster named Rex who who mostly lives in a soup can. I mean, okay, on and on. So what when I had to go through radiation, which was every morning for like six weeks, every five days, six days a week. So I go over to the hospital. I'm sitting in this room. The 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 table is filled with books about how to knit little caps for your head when you lose all your hair, or how to deal with this and that. It was all about cancer and radiation, and I had my book. And I would laugh. I would sit there and laugh as I was waiting to go in to have the radiation treatment. Every day, I, I mean, I looked forward to going. And, I, and occasionally there was somebody else there, usually not quite so many people, but I just read them anyway. And, and, and I, it was one of the most, frankly, it was one of the most lovely gifts that I got during that period of time. But I never forgot it. I thought it was a choice. Yeah, it yeah. was a choice. You know, I'm not going to sit there. And think, you know what? This hurts. Mm-hmm. This is getting redder and redder and more beaten up by this rate. I just wasn't, I just, you know, just made a choice. I'm not going to do that. 
So speaking of old-fashioned jokes, I love this one, and it's very relevant to our healing um, uh, discussion today. So just pretend that this is kind of a, a joke from, you know, the 70s. So man and woman go into a service station. He was a CEO of Fortune 500 company, so of course he was dressed in a suit and so forth. And she was dressed to reflect his status. While he's in the gas station, she's outside talking to the gas station attendant, and they're giggling and carrying on and really talking quite intimately. So then pretty soon the husband notices that. He comes out, he gets in the car, and he drives away, and pretty soon he can't stand anymore. And he said, you were talking to that, that station attendant. I, did you know him? And she said, oh, yeah, actually, I, I do know him. As a matter of fact, we went to high school together. And really, truth to tell, he was the first person I ever kissed. And the husband thought, huh, stuck out his chest and said, well, aren't you glad you married me? If you'd married him, you'd be married to a service station attendant. And she said, oh, no, honey, if I were married to him, he'd be the CEO and you'd be the station attendant. <laughs> Now, I not only love this joke, but I got to tell you the circumstances in which it was told. This was told by a, a religious science minister, Dr. Peggy Bassett. It was her last talk with her beloved congregation, which was a huge congregation, nearly as big as Mile High. And the reason that she used this joke and many other funny things in her talk was because, she, and the reason it was her last um, talk with her audience, with her congregation, was because she had been diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And so why did she do this? Well, she told the joke and used humor, th humor throughout her talk because it reduced the stress of everybody in the room was feeling, including her. Mm -hmm. She was also in stress. My last time, I'm, you know, etc. People were sad, they were angry, they were afraid. Laughter reduced that stress. And then in the face of one of the cruelest diseases, she wanted to model that she could choose to laugh and give them permission to be able to do the same. So we're really challenged, you know, can we do that? Can we do that? Facing really difficult circumstances, can we choose to, to have laughter? Well, one of the things you're big on is the science of it. You know, uh -huh. I love that we're science people, but measuring things that seem immeasurable, like jokes, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it does, the science does show that it's good for our cells, right? Truly, it does. And it can be measured in terms of oxygenation in the blood. Mm -hmm. I mean, try to laugh with your mouth closed. <laughs> yeah. It just isn't the same as really <laughs> laughing. And so that's filling up your lungs. Your lungs then feed your blood. Your cells are more oxygenated. And the physical act of laughter moves your diaphragm up and down, gives all your little organs kind of a massage, which sort of wrings them out. Then if you're hydrating, you get more good stuff in there. You should always laugh and then drink water. Water. Right. Okay. Water. Right. I just yeah. thought I better clarify yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. But those paired together do very well. But then, yes, uh, laughter is a pain reliever because of the endorphins that are naturally released when you laugh. Cool. Yeah. It's cool. really good for us. I like it. I yeah. Like it. Even if you have to seek it out. I think that's the point. For people who don't think life is funny or that they're very funny, um, you can just know that there are plenty of 
places to go where you can get laughter. And uh, one more plug for you know, the life we get to lead here in the beautiful Mile High community. Other studies have shown how good spirituality is for your health, mental health. And I believe it's a few factors at play there. You're feeling like you're connected to something greater. Mm -hmm. And that's been shown to reduce addictive behaviors by 60% because that, that gap in your life you might be trying to fill with self-medicating gets filled with something much healthier. And then the incidence of depression when one is leading a spiritual life is cut by a whopping 80%. I mean, that's amazing. And I think it's, again, because we come together, we do laugh together, we have the upliftment of music together, and the funny songs, you get a double whammy there if you're listening to those, and some of yours are hilarious, by the way. So those are some of the things that that leading a spiritual life promotes in our physical health. Mm -hmm. They just go hand in hand, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual for an overall better sense of health and well-being. So I invite people to come and laugh with us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Any final thoughts? Well, one more story that I know a lot of people have heard, um, which is the story of Norman Cousins, back in the 60s, and he also wrote the book, Laughter is uh, Good Medicine. Um, He was highly stressed. He was doing uh, government work in Russia. There were trucks going by, and there was no air conditioning, and they were breathing in terrible stuff. And he uh, came down with a horrible disease, ankylosing spondylitis, and it's rare. They didn't have any cure. They didn't really have anything for him except pain pills. So he went to his hotel room, he was back in the States, got all the funny movies, and think of all, we have so many more choices for what can make us laugh now. He had to go and rent movies to to watch, you know, Laurel and Hardy and so forth. And here's what he said, when I could do 10 minutes of belly-ripping laughter, I could get two hours of sleep pain-free when nothing else, not even morphine, could help. And... um, that that's it's a pain reducer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it really is it really is a a, a reduces pain so uh it's um it's so much fun to study and talk about yeah and the thing i like about it too is it's us taking personal responsibility for our own health Mm -hmm. rather than medicating it Mm -hmm. you know that uh you know ourselves do want to laugh and and we want we want to feel connected with that, uh, with that humor, because life's funny. I, mm-hmm. think, I think life's hilarious. I really do. <laughs> All right. So thank you both for being here today mm-hmm. and for uh, laughing along. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will see you again soon on what we're thinking about.